Joe, welcome to the podcast. Greetings. I'm happy greetings, to have Jacob. you. Greetings. Thank you. Greetings. Thank you for having me. It's like an episode of Star Wars. <laughs> greetings. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. I've, so I've seen so many pictures of you with the girls, the Dubs Head FBI people. Who's showing me? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the pictures don't do you justice. I, you are a big, strong dude, and I am a tiny, skinny Sorry, man. Sorry, you were a lot taller than me. I saw you. I was like, man, I feel Dude, but for real, I, you came out of your truck, and I was like, oh, my God, he's, he's jacked as he was on camera. Yeah, I get, I get that a lot, that, you know, a lot of it is, um, you know, one, one of my, <laughs> one of my, next question, one of my, um, one of my big things with the girls, you know, Chrissy and Yessie, shout out to them, um, you know, I refer to them as my assets, so I have to protect my assets, you know, when we go to shows and stuff. Never really had any issues, but the sort of go-to escape yeah. plan is if there's ever someone they're kind of like want to get away from, I'm sort of the pseudo fill-in boyfriend in the moment. You're the guy I'd want by my side. <laughs> if I so yeah, hundred so, percent. Yeah. I get that, hundred percent. So you did bodylifting and powerlifting before, or which one was it? I'm yeah, sorry. So I started, I started um, training when I was about 18. I basically got to college, and it was, I know I'm gonna drink beer. I know I'm gonna party. I don't want to get fat. So I guess I'll go to the gym. Kind of some decent reasoning, reasoning, but not really. Yeah. Um, my brother's a, a bodybuilder as well. Um, he's 16 years older than me. So it was sort of, oh, I kind of, you know, seen this. And then it just kind of became a habit thing, uh, you know, and then sort of the eating came with it and just sort of the knowledge and everything. And then 12 years later, here I am. It's sort of just routine at this point. You know, it's not, I don't really do too much with it, but it is sort of an identity piece. So it's kind of helpful for brand stuff because it's sort of, like you said, you know, the two dubs have FBI girls and this big brown dude. And they're just like, who's the big brown guy? <laughs> so because I, I try and stay off camera. I like to be on the back end. You know, I, I do the boring stuff, all the right. accounting and finance stuff. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. So I'm curious about the working out, though. How are you working out? Six, seven days a week, five days? How do you what's your routine look like? Usually like five. Yeah. So I'll try and do like a Monday, Tuesday. I'll take off Wednesday, sort of break stuff for like work, make sure I'm caught up for midweek and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, just seems what it's been for the last three, four years. And it just works for me. So you, you know? do two days on the weekend. Yeah, well, I'll do, uh, yeah, weekend and a half. So yeah, the the Friday and the Saturday kind of keeps me like well behaved. So yeah, you know, I'm not say, just like that. Are your in uh, pain? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and like obviously, you know, as you know, sort of going to festivals and, and being in the music scene, it's just like it's really easy to get sidetracked, you know. And it's I've been able to find a, a balance that makes it to where it's not my total life one way or another. Because mm -hmm. I've done both. I've done it to where, you know, when I did competitive bodybuilding my whole persona and identity was I worked out, I ate, I slept, I did the same thing every day, in and out. You know, in my head it was like, if I don't physically look like this every waking moment, like people won't like me, which is, you know, and that was sort of this, the beginning craze of social media when like fitness became like a big thing in like mm -hmm. 2013, and 40. And so I was just, I had to do it, I had to do it. And then now it's like, it's so much less serious, but because it's so habitual, eating to me is just, it's just another thing I don't think about. It. It's sort of like anyone who's a master of their craft, right? It's just something they do every day, like yeah. a pianist or like um, a car mechanic who just, they look at a car and they're just like, I know all the pieces because I've just been doing this for so long. They just know it. So what do you say eating just, just like that? Do you mean like eating healthily, eating your- Yeah, just like, like knowing, you know, making it a lifestyle where it's, you know, I can ha I, I can kind of eyeball sort of, you know, proteins and, and carbohydrates and fats and, you know, like don't get me wrong. 2 a.m. I'm still down to go to McDonald's. Like yeah. that's my guilt. That's like one of those guilty things. Like I don't really admit it off often, but like I can I can wolf down. I think my record once was eight burgers after oh Ultra. God. Yeah, I had two Big Macs, 
like four McChicken, like it just after hate. after your festival too. After Ultra, <laughs> it was I think 2016, just heinous, heinous behavior, and I did it. You know, so I'm not above it. Like I'm not, I'm not one of those elitists where it's like, oh, you're super skinny or you're super overweight. Like you're not. No, it's it's just my choice. Yeah. You know, some people, some people are about it, some people aren't, and that's all right. It's it's just a lifestyle pick. You know, pick one and do it. Right, right. You're not forcing it on anybody. No, God, just no, yeah, never. yeah. No, that's no one, no one likes that with no, anybody, no. with anything. No, any yeah. of those lead things are just like, ugh. It does my head in, honestly. Yeah. About it. Like, yeah, it's just like, guys, relax. It's not that serious. Yeah. It is. That's life, man. Yeah. Life is just, it's about having fun. It's about exactly. enjoying it's it. It's about, it. It's about living yourself every day. It, that. Oh, oh please, man. Live it. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, so you, you mentioned something, though, I want to swing back to festivals and working out. Mm-hmm. I personally will say, I, oh, 100% honest, I have a hard time keeping up with that. Mm-hmm. I will be on a good two and a half month stretch, three month stretch of eating good, bulking, yep. feeling great. Yeah, I go yeah. to that first festival back. Yeah, yeah. And I don't work out for two and weeks after. And then festival season happens and it just crushes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So well, how do you, I'm curious, give, give some tips. Tell yeah, us a little bit. So, funny one, if we can sort of tie it in. So one of my first business ventures was the online training stuff. And mm-hmm. it was tied to the festival season. And it was called Festival Fit. And I still have it. Uh, Wait, called it what? Festival Fit. So that festival was it. Fit. Yeah. So it's, um, it's it, it, yeah. And so it was one of those that I'd started as a collective of like, okay, tons of people want to go to festivals tons of people also you know they want to wear outfits that they want to feel comfortable in, but they also just want to look good because they just feel good you know i'm buying outfits yeah day yeah, in and day yeah out, right yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like good. one of those like you know you go to festivals no one is gonna remember you in the sense of like what you look like people remember you like oh you were great to like be near like you know maybe you offered them water or you were just super yes, fun to be around that's same, true you know we love the same artists things like that but so my goal was to get that crowd of like, hey, I just want to lose a little bit of weight or I want to get better cardio endurance or just get, you know, a little muscle on me because it'll make me feel good because that's how I do it. You know, I just it makes me feel good. So that's why I do it. And so I started that um, and it was a lot of trial and error, you know, and especially now when we're on the artist management side with the travels and stuff like when you, you know, you, you go to the green room and you have your writer and there's all this alcohol and there's free food. It's like a lot of temptation. You know, you can still indulge on those things. But you can make a better choices on what you consume, how much you mm-hmm. consume. So that way it's it's a balance because, you know, they always say take everything in moderation, including moderation. Sometimes you want to just go off the rail and drink two, four locos and hammer a bunch of Chick-fil-A. I'm not above it. I don't hey, I'm not shaming anyone. Calling does. us out yeah, over right. here today. We, we, <laughs> you know, and we I'm were gonna, in a rush to get right, here. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, too, it's like, you know, sometimes like a lot of artists who um, are on a huge tour, right? Mm-hmm. So like one of our guys, we have Death Code. He was previously Skelism. You know, and they were a duo and they they've toured ever. They did a China run. They've done U.S. You know, they had, you know, their biggest track was with Little John. Um, so, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> they they had so much travel stuff. And, you know, and, and it was one of the conversations Sergio and I talked about. It, he was just like, it's like, how do you balance it? And I was like, honestly, it's just it's picking which ones. Right. So, like, if you're if you have, say, six stops and one of them is like EDC, but then another is just like a smaller club menu. You're probably going to splurge out a little more at EDC because mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of your friends, a lot of the industry people, all the fans. You know, the artist section in EDC is massive. There's right. free foods. There's a tip bar, so there's free drinks. Basically, it's it can get it can get it can get wild, but you can still find that balance between the two, um, or not, and that's fine. I mean, one day off is not going to derail everything you've done. Correct. So. Correct. 
So you you do like a selective indulgence. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely pick and choose my battles. You know, I, a lot of it really now is it's pretty much when I see the girls because I don't really get to see them now that I live here in Tampa and they're still in Denver. So when I get to see them, it's like super fun because obviously, like, you know, they're just both they're both such enjoyable, exciting, and entertaining ladies, and just everyone around them is also having fun. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna sit out on this. Why would I do that? Right, like, that's not fun. <laughs> So, no, no, you're just sitting there like. Yeah, I just like I'm kind of just sitting in the corner, making sure that no, like, who's in this green room? Yeah. Whose guest list are you yeah. on? You know, it's just one of those. The actual things. FBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally, that's the joke. Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm the mascot inadvertently. So, how do you get your workouts in if you're traveling for a festival? Are you doing just like push-ups and stuff, getting it, or are you heading to like a hotel gym? Like, how are you? Kind of varies. Doing, yeah, you know? so it really depends on where we go. So a lot of a lot of the shows we've had have been in like if, you know if we. The last one we were at was Wasteland, well, mm -hmm. the Heartstyle Acts. Um, the hotel we were in was actually pretty nice, but also there was a 24-hour and another gym just down the street. So it's a, it's a pretty decent town, but like sometimes we've been to places where there's not really anything around or things close yeah. at 8 p.m. So it's kind of yeah. like, all right, what do I do? So like, for example, um, when Little Texas um, was in Orlando, him and I went to go train. My, my gym had a power outage. So we I drove to his hotel. Went back to my my gym. There was a power outage. So we're like, well, damn. And he was like, well, my hotel has a hotel gym. So worked on that, you know, forty five minutes, yeah. a couple fifty pound dumbbells, made it happen. Get something going. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's and it's and it's one day, so it's just getting movement and really just kind of just the habit thing. And yeah, it was great, you know. And then Sam played and hammered everyone to death with two hundred BPM yeah. music and got naked. It was great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> no, that's awesome. The dedication is is. Definitely a lot of mind games you have to play with yourself to just get that going. Like when you're first starting out, I think Absolutely. that's the main thing you're battling. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm going today, and then you don't go. And, and it's go, you yeah. know, and, and to tail on that, and I'm I'm sure you've you experienced that when you started. You know, the Babs Live podcast was it's just getting started, right? It's yeah. getting started, and motivation is great to start, but you yep. need discipline and consistency to make to keep it running. Yes, yeah, you you, it, your life runs on discipline. I saw a quote the other day about um, how. Disciplined people are actually more free than you think. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have that the opposite. Like you're so disciplined, yeah. you're, you think, you're you think stuck you're to this, con this contract. But mm -hmm. the reality is, is if you're disciplined to where you can go do the other things that are free, your life isn't scattered. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to read this book at 8 p.m. tonight mm -hmm. to fall asleep by nine, so that way I can wake up, go to work, and then have the afternoon free. Whatever yeah. that you know, that could, that's a very simple version of it. But whatever that discipline is, that dedication is what boom, boom, boom mm -hmm. drives you to be more free. Absolutely. At some point down mm -hmm. the road, wherever it is. But yeah, it was an interesting quote because I never, I personally never thought of it that way. Yeah. Not that I wasn't like I never was like bashful if you ever dedicated, but I just yeah. never thought of it in that sense of like, no. oh, I'm being dedicated so that I have more free time, yeah. and I know, hey, on this Friday, I'm I'm free. Yeah, I've already done everything I, I need got to do. Time, I, can, I don't have to worry know, about I'm anything. Going to Lost Land, Shambhala, yep. Hula, whatever yep. festival, you're good. No yeah. stress. You know, you just get to in, in, enjoy it to the in its entirety. Yeah, and that's that is. That is a lot more freeing than like being worried about X, Y, Z. Like mm -hmm. I remember uh, in like school being worried about you know like assignment. I had oh, friends yeah. that would have worried about assignments. I was the worst at school. But oh. I was. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, college was even worse. I wasn't saying I had the best, but I remember I would always get stuff done ahead of time. I just never like to be nice. some. No, I can't do that. I cannot relate to that in the real world. I was like, you're that a stronger not... student than I was, bro. I was cutting Dude, that stuff late night. That did not transfer into work, but yeah. <laughs> at school, <laughs> I would like study for exams like a week in advance. Nice. And part of that was because I just, I, if I crammed, I just never did good. So I realized like, yeah. I think I need to get like, even if it was like an hour a day, mm -hmm. I could just, but then 
I also knew that like if that weekend came around and something happened, I could go to it and know like I'm pretty confident that mm-hmm. I've studied five days before this. Yep. So like I, I'm not worried about like my exam on Monday. Yeah, you got you got some workability and almost kind of insurance coverage. It yeah yeah I mean everyone yin and yang yin and yang right. Some but, you know some people did it. I mean mine. Um, I think a lot of it too is interest. Um, and things that were occupying you. So my Ooh. biggest struggle in high in high school and, and, and my undergrad was everything I was doing, I wasn't really too into. It was just sort of, I have to do this, whether it was schoolwork, graduating. And then, oh. you know, I went to college and I actually wanted to be an orthodontist originally. So, you know, I wanted to work on teeth mostly because I have some half English, half Filipino. Mom's side's in the Philippines. They don't have a lot of access to dental work. So I was like, this is something I can do for the family. When it does really well, I can be my own boss. I failed OCHEM twice, and my, uh, what do you call it, school counselor or, like, um, course director, Yeah. she was like, yeah, so that, um, that uh, orthodontist dream, you should just let that die. And I was she like, did say that. Yeah, I was like, wow. She's like, so what else do you, like, what else do you know about? And I was like, Woo! uh, a lot of people in Houston where I grew up, they work in oil and gas. Like, you should be a petroleum engineer. So I was like, I guess I'm going to be a petroleum engineer. And that's how I took five years in undergrad at Colorado School of Mines to become an engineer, a petroleum engineer. And I do nothing with it today. So what, looking back on that, <laughs> what do you think of that counselor, professor lady? You know, at the time I was, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a hindsight, but also not because it's like now, you know, working in finance now, it's, I can I could actually go back into dental stuff if I want mm-hmm. to. I could work in a medical office, being on the back end, yeah. You know, doing the insurance stuff and learning about that. Um, but honestly, once I kind of got past all that, you know, the initial sort of soul was like, oh, right. my God, oh, look at my teeth! Yeah. I had the teeth murder already. You know, it's just like <laughs> it was sort of just one of those that was like, okay, um, you know, it is what it is. I clearly am not good at this, so let's move on. Yeah. Um, you know, and then sort of things just kind of happen though. Cause it's like, if that didn't happen, maybe I, you know, maybe I did become an orthodontist and I may have never even done music stuff or I may never have done, mm-hmm. you know, fitness stuff. Cause I, once you get into any sort of medical school, I mean, you're scared. You're, you're a slave to the student life. Like you, you're in it. Oh yeah. Every waking moment. Oh. And I know people, I know people who are in the medical field and those kind of stuff. And yeah, they just, their whole life is, uh, what do you call it? Like a uh, residency and yep. study. It's just, yeah, I knew. I I will say I knew for me medical was out. Of, I cause like I I cause I hated school, so I was like I just I, there's no way I can do eight years. Yeah, like yeah. there's no way in hell I could do eight years. Yeah, I, I mean, respect I, the craft. I had an Asian no mother, doubt, so but... it was sort of like you're gonna do something pretty well. And I was like, right, oh, man, right. this is rough. It's like how come my brother didn't have to do this? She's like, you're the one that has to pick yeah. up the slack. I was like, oh no, I hate my brother. And my mom's four eleven, yeah. and she'll punk me. Like I'm you're terrified right? of her. <laughs> Tiny compact brown lady. Oh no, 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 no! I am not. I am not scrapping with her ever. I don't care how big I am. <laughs> just saying. People with immigrant parents, especially when they're four ten, you know how it's like. They're just they're tough. I mean, is that true? Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, do, do yeah, you know? Yeah. Speaking, of, it's tough. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I told you. There's something about moms that. Dude, bro, it's proud, like I can't proud, speak. Proud mothers, man. They are fair, loud and proud. Because my mom's Hispanic, and so oh, bro, Hispanic moms. Hispanic panic, you know. You know Filipinos, yeah. we're Hispanic too. Exactly. We're just the Asian ones of it. Exactly. Same stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, we just got stuck with like white crazy lady. Yeah, that's all I got stuck with. I had a plenty. My mom would yell in the car at, at nothing. We just start screaming. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what are you yelling for? Yeah. Jeez, like, this is violent. <laughs> it's like what? Life was too good. You're just laughing. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh my goodness. But yeah. So you know, and it's it's kind of one of those though that it just things played out how it is. You know, it's it's kind of a time to you know yeah. sort of living yourself every day. It's kind of. It's hard to say if you really understand that concept when you're young, um, you know, as you get to college. Like for me, my undergrad really was sort of just maturing. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was I was a wild child. You know, I was always trying to just get into some mischief stuff. I was always partying about I would get my stuff done. But I was just I would pick the party over like a score. Like I would push the assignment till Sunday night. And I'm like, oh, my God, like. I'm not even close to done with this. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm texting everyone, being like, "Did you do this yet? Like, can you tell me?" I'll how... pay you for the yeah, like, yeah. You know, I like, I'm just like, uh, no, I would never pay for anything from Colorado School of Mines. Um, I did. <laughs> he said, and it I me. still would. That's funny. Chrissy works for Colorado School of Mines, my alma mater. So that's why I'm kind of like, no, I have no ties to anything like that ever. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and so undergrad was really maturing, and I got out. You know, we were talking about this earlier, but I'll sort of go back on it. You know. I graduated from college. I got on with a pretty decent-sized company. But then, of course, in 2016, the downturn happened in oil. And so prices crashed. It was a total mess. I got laid off. My whole department got laid off. It was like 40 of us. So 40 fresh kids from college just terminated. They were like, don't even try and log in. You don't have one anymore. I was like, damn, you guys did that quick. What? <laughs> like, like, hurry up. Pick up your pick up your desk. Get out. Layoffs are interesting. Oh, bro. Layoffs are brutal. <laughs> I, I always feel bad for anyone who tells me that they get laid off because it's just like, it's almost like you had this great momentum and pace happening in life, and then not nah, stop. Yeah, you're done. You're yeah, done. Oh, yes. For most people, I yeah. will say that there's. But sometimes yeah. it can be a blessing. Sometimes it's sometimes it's really nice. Yeah, sometimes it's a blessing. I have one of the. And that's what actually got me into finance, um, and so yeah. So I basically I'm in Denver, and I'm I'm like, well, I got to do something. So I worked. I I kind of went back to personal training for a little bit and did odd jobs here and there. Any yeah. contract worked, and it was. It just wasn't doing it. I was like, man, I'm spending all this money on rent in Denver. And at the time, like, when the weed market was really growing in Denver, like, rent prices started going. Yeah, so I was just like, oh, man, this is rough. So I moved back home to Houston. Rent was getting high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what? God damn. I was trying to let that one pass, and you had to just pick it. I was like, all right, whatever. You can have that one. You can help it. You can have I that love one. puns. It's you can so clip good. that one. You can have that. Uh <laughs> excuse me yeah so go to houston and then um got back into oil and gas you know i worked i worked on rigs did sort of just the manual labor because i didn't you know i graduated with a 2.56 from mines and the cutoff is 2.5 so when they handed me my degree i was kind of like give me my yeah. give me my degree yeah. and they're like mm, you don't really mm. and i'm like <laughs> i'm a representative of this college give me that damn degree i paid my i paid my dues in my time so i went back to today. houston you know, I was working and then stuff, and I made okay money because it's physical labor. You're doing four, 12 hours on, 12 hours off. You do two weeks straight, yeah. seven days off, repeat. So, but I was just so beat, you know. And I and I would go to music festivals. I went to like, um, you know, my first time going to oh, what was it? What's out there? I'll be w. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, so there. Oh, uh, I went to the first Middlelands that happened oh, yeah. in Texas. That was an amazing festival at the Renaissance Ground. Of course, they canceled it. It was. The, oh yeah, the production on that is honestly probably cool. one of the best festivals I've ever seen for Insomniac. Um, and then I did a lot of stuff. Um, and then at the time I was dating a girl who was in California. So it was like, it was, it could fund it to at least go, but it was just, it was so taxing. And so then 2018, 
no, 17, end of 17, I um, had gotten in a work accident. Basically, a bungee cord had popped off, and it, like, clipped my neck, whatever. Um, and so I, I had to go, and then, like, I had to take um, – I had to, like, fill out some stuff. But basically, there was, like – there was a lot of questioning because they were, like, why did this bungee break? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, were you guys messing around? And the two other guys that were working with were, like, young, young guys. And so they, they thought that we were, like, horsing around and stuff. So they were just like, mm, like, we'll see, like, how this, like, employment continues. And then basically they were just like, you know, there was so much liability. Like, they, there was cost up because, you know, it was working with, uh, like, fuels and, right. and, and different stuff. So I got laid off. And I was like, okay, this sucks. But then it was also at the same time I was like, I've been wanting to get out of this. So this was kind of like the get out yeah sort of force kick. And I was like, oh, well, what do I want to do? And then the finance realm had always interested me because, A, it was in an office, air conditioning, didn't have to be outside in Texas humidity. Right, right. Um, two, everything needed finance. Didn't matter what it is. Could be music, sports, your grandma's Etsy business. Mm-hmm. She's still going to have to fill out a tax form at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. So that's what kind of got me into it. So I got into sort of like the corporate uh, banking stuff, did that for a little bit. Then I transitioned into mergers and acquisitions, buying and selling companies, stuff with a firm. And then... From there, it was sort of, okay, I understand the process, but I don't have these basic knowledge of like accounting, finance, strategy, and things. So I went and got my MBA. So I went back to Denver, went to the um, University of Denver, got my MBA in finance. Um, and then that was from the 2000, basically COVID, which for everyone, COVID was a major change for yeah. everything, life, yeah. things. You yeah. know, mine was a huge one. And, and, and so we'll, I'll trend into this. So basically, kind of how Chrissy, Yessie, and I started working together and everything. So <laughs> excuse me. So twenty twenty, COVID hits. I was dating a girl, um, and we split and it was, you know, kind of a disaster and whatnot, because we were together for a long, long time. And so it was like we split, you know, my life is all a mess. No music stuff, no work. Oh it's just a mess. You know, the gyms are closed. I'm like, what am I going to do? I relate to this so much. <laughs> right? You're like, I, you're like, I have no... <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure everyone knows, like, during COVID, it was like, no... Like, it was like, I have no identity. What's happening? Oh, yeah. like, all my gym yeah. friends. Everyone's, add... everyone's like, does anyone have weights? Does anyone have weights? I don't care what <laughs> it is. A broomstick and two cans of tuna. That'll work. Bro, I have a video of, like, me and my boy in the driveway, like, with a broomstick with, like, weights on yeah. the end. Like, just doing, like, <laughs> like just doing anything we could. Some of, some of the stuff I saw, I think... We're doing, we're doing I saw a dude dips off a chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so I saw a guy. <laughs> step up, I, saw, I saw a guy at the, is Washington Park near me at, at DU. This man had his wife sit on the bench, and he was benching her like in like a sort of inclined version <laughs> and just laying on the ground and lifting his wife. And I was like, genius. Like, you didn't have, you yeah. didn't have to do what you had to do. Yeah. So, of course, that happened. And then uh, Chrissy and Yessie had steps up at the eyes started getting some piece together. Yeah. I didn't know Yessie yet, though. So here was the kicker. I've known Chrissy since 2014-ish, 13, 14. We'd met through mutual friends. She grew up in Lakewood, which was right next to a, a school of mines. So Chrissy hit me up, and she was like, hey, can I talk to you about this concept I have, Dubstep FBI? Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, I know you're a business head. That's what you're, you know, you're really good at the strategy stuff. Like, I want to run some stuff by you. So I'm thinking, okay, sounds good. I've seen, I've sort of seen the start of it, whatever. So she comes over. I had a big whiteboard in my um, apartment. We set up, and you know, I started asking her sort of basic questions, and she had an answer for everything. So I'm like, okay, so she's kind of past initial like step one of starting a business. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's go to the next set. 
And she either had an answer or she had a plan for it. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, damn, this girl's got a lot of good stuff. I'm like, I kind of want to get in on this. So I told her, I was just like, I was like, so how are you going to monetize? And she's like, probably merchandise or some sort of advertising. And I was like, so when do you want to get merchandise? And she's like, I'd love to get it by September, October. So I was like, I'll give you $5,000 if you let me get in on this. And she was like, yeah, I'll talk to my business partner. And I was like, sweet. So that's sort of how I was kind of the initial angel investor and, and you know, became sort of the advisory chair for them. So then, Yessi at the time was living with my ex. Oh, so there, small yeah, world. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so of course, when I, when I found that out, I'm sitting there and I'm like, ooh, like what is Yessi gonna think of me? Like, is she gonna, you know, I didn't know what my ex was saying. And I was just like, okay, like, it's fine. If, if she's friends with Chrissy, she's probably really mature and she's probably gonna come in and just be like, okay, this guy clearly, Chrissy's known him for what have been have been like seven years or so at the time. Um, should be, you know, I'll, I'll come in open minded. And so I met Yessie for the first time. Well, I think I met, I think she told me before we met at Red Rocks once. I don't remember. I was just like, that was so long ago. But we met in person, and like as Yessie and I were talking, very similar mindsets and personas and like the way we view things. So I was like, okay, we're good. So we just started that. Um, you know, and we just kind of they would have concepts, whether it was the mixes, the podcast um article stuff and, yeah. I, and i was just sort of like a either like a, a second opinion or just like a reaffirmation like you can do this you know that that's always sort of been my main thing is like you can always do anything like there's no no one stopping you because there are people with 50 percent less talent than you doing what you want to do so just do it mm -hmm. you know and so yeah we got started there um the they had the rebrand so they redid the logo um they had all the merchandise we got the merchandise in, we shot content for it, filmed all this stuff, and then it was just sort of off to the races. So I think that was about the Novemberish time, 2020 is when it just really, was it 20? Yeah, 2020 was really when it started popping. Can you look up when I had them on the podcast? Look up, uh, oh yeah, look yeah. Up Bab, look up Bab's Life, Dubs Up FBI. Look, it should come up at some point. I had them on very soon-ish when they started i was going to say i remember I episodes my episode episode 60 is what i'm tempted to say yeah but, or 62 i just talked about it with chrissy like literally two a month ago yeah i remember because i remember um them talking about it they're like yeah we're gonna be on this program uh, a podcast with a guy from babs life and i was just like i was like what is that and so then i looked it up <laughs> and i was like oh okay cool and i actually I had no idea you were based in florida either no yeah uh, for some reason i thought you were in like Cali. I just assume every podcast was in Cali. It's funny because like I've bounced around a few times. Episode mm -hmm. sixty, right on the nose. Yep, yeah. yep, Chris. Yeah. yeah, they are. So, oh, so twenty twenty one. Yeah, so twenty twenty one is really when the momentum started catching. So that was so. Yeah, there you go. They can see it right there. Yeah, so twenty twenty one. That was really the year when things just started kicking off for Dubs FBI. So the main thing then was um so February two thousand and seven was when what one um. Is, yeah. was when we formed Millennial Momentum. Gotcha. So the way that came about was, so obviously the WCFI was running, mm -hmm. we were doing all that, and then I was going to start another firm, so I had had a company before that I had sold off um, and because I was just, you know, I, I ran it through, really heavily through COVID. It was, it was another financial advising thing. Sold it, got got my dollars out of it, and then I was like, I want to actually start a consulting firm like that's full encompassing strategy, marketing, the works. Yeah. Um. You know, and and I was like, well, I'm I'm more of a financial strategy guy. Don't have a lot of marketing, but Chrissy's good at marketing. They got marketing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really do sales, but yes, he does sales. And so we're, and, then we, and we were all talking because Chrissy was like, I want to start a, a more of a um, 
it's like some either like journal collective or something and then Jesse also wanted to start a, a business so we were just like why don't we just do this together so in three hours we wrote up um an operating agreement uh all the 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 splits of how the business is and we filed it all and then yeah february 27th 2021 yeah millennial momentum came to life so did millennial momentum it started out different though than Correct. what it has done now. So talk yeah. us through the beginning, what the original idea was yeah. for who you wanted to help with, what the, that. Mm -hmm. so I think it was like young entrepreneurs and stuff. Correct. Correct. That was the yeah. Beginning. So we started. We were really corporate. So mm. we went with. Um, we wanted to do like websites, marketing, branding, strategy development, things like that for just corporate companies because we were like corporates have money, yeah. right? So they're gonna pay. They're gonna pay this top dollar for the skill set we're gonna offer. Um, so we had a few things. We had some big. We had some, we did some websites for a couple of different people that had really good payouts. Um, we did some strategy stuff. We did some campaign things. Um, but then we had our first actual like music thing was actually from an artist. Um, he goes by Shizlo, Sean, who's one of our good friends. He had a recording studio that wanted a website. He was like, "Yo, I I worked for this studio for a while. Um, they need a revamp." So we're like, "Yeah, sweet." So we looked at it. Had great content great people that come through and have recorded there it's in philly spit philly is the name of the recording studio they just needed a revamp so we we got um all the info and we worked on it you know uh jason i believe is the owner of it super easy guy got it turned around and it was done and it was like our first intro into the music stuff and then from that other sort of artists and, and music direct people kind of came to us and then the other one that we kept getting we kept getting inquiries about artist management they're like oh you got like WFBI, like I'd love to be on, you know, your roster for this. Mm -hmm. And like we don't, we don't do artist management. It's a, it's a blog slash journal publication slash, you know, it has, it has a storefront. But then after like the fifth or sixth one, they were like, should we just go into artist management? Like, should we just yeah. pivot millennial momentum into music? And I actually didn't want to do it. I was the, I was the odd one out. It was like, nah, let's stay corporate. And the girl was like, well, let's just try it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? We'll just try it. And I was like, all right, fine. And so we did. We started with one artist. Um, it was a trio, um, but the it, it was it was a good trial run because there was you know there's seven people working on the project because obviously three of us there's three other artists and then there's one manager, um, who actually their manager Chris Perry was one of my good uh, is one of my best friends who's from here and um, we lived together in Orlando when I had moved to Florida initially and then it was the Commie Boys but it was just it was just so many heads and so many collectives it was like ah uh, this isn't. It's it's just too many moving pieces. Right. So we were kind of too like, many ideas. Yeah. You know, one. it was yeah. just like the creative. There was just so much. So it was like, all right, let's. We need to be more strategic about it. Like we need to like sort of itemize and individualize things. Um, and then the next one was who was our next artist? I can't remember. All I know is now is we have Death Code, Hearts Horn, um, Tie Guys, Thrasher, Antihero. So those are our five. And. Um, yeah, and then it was just sort of, you know, we were kind of, because of a lot of the leverage they had, the ladies had generated from Dubsp FBI, just right. building up the reputation, the brand, you know, all the social media stuff. We just, we got introduced to people in the industry, you know, and yeah. then it was, it was, you know, this guy knows this guy, and then this guy knows this lady, this lady knows this lady, and this guy, and then these two, and, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm deep in it. I was like, wow, I, you know, I go to music festivals now, and I know, I'd say like 60, 70% of anyone working in entertainment just backstage or just working side ops or whatnot and it's just because it's it's not that big of a community right in the sense of when it comes to the realm because really obviously insomniac's the main player you know and then you got disco donnie and you got um some others and so it's kind of they're all just in the same groups working or yeah. managements and stuff so we 
and then now it's you know we do that we do consulting for brand work stuff we still do the article coverage all the stuff on dubs fbi is still the same you know and and it's just that's kind of what millennial momentum became you know it started as this corporate idea of we just want to be entrepreneurs doing this corporate stuff to make some dollars to now we're deep in the music scene and i don't think we can leave it now <laughs> you know because i'm pretty sure if we told our artists like yeah we're not going to manage anyone they'd be like but i don't want to be managed by anyone else you know we it's always funny like um uh our artist anti-hero you know he always jokes like i tell people he's like i have three managers he's like i'm so important that i get to have three managers and it's true because we the way we structure it is with each one of our artists um we put them in a group chat where it's just them and us three nice. so that way anytime if they have any issues things to be addressed usually one or all of us can answer it at any moment you know it's, it's no, nice awesome. it's nice with the ladies so our schedules kind of revolve in a way in a way that like one of us can always answer and handle stuff so i don't think we've ever really had a time where we've been crisis pinched on time where it was like like even when the ladies went overseas to iceland and all these other countries when they did this big trip i ran all the dubs of fbi stuff like it was my first time uploading the mix for them and and like handling stuff with like the artist yeah. actually i think it was i think it was vastiv's mix we did so shout out to sam one of our boys um you know, and it was it was a learning experience for me because I'm like I'm on SoundCloud. I'm like, am I uploading this right? How many hashtags do I use? <laughs> I don't do this usually. Oh my god! Like, ah, I don't like social media. This is really. But then, what was also nice though was when I did that, it gave me an even deeper appreciation for what the ladies do because, right. you know, you, when people think about whether it's label management, social media management, like it's all fun and dandy. You know, I see your content going to festivals. It looks fun as, but like. No one thinks about, I got to take all this equipment to the airport. I got to take it out of my damn suitcase. Yeah. I got to try and get it in. I have to, you know, sometimes someone gives me a hard time. I got to tell them, like, no, listen, I'm like, I make content for this. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to get engagement and show people, like, what happens. I want to get, like, a birth, you know, on the boot, on the ground, you know, boots on the ground view. Yeah. And there's so many pieces. And I think the biggest thing from, or the biggest pieces that I'm most appreciative of from Chrissy and Jesse is that, They've shown me that it doesn't matter who you are, what you do or not, that you can always, you'll always take what you want to do as a priority and you'll make it a priority. And that there's so many things that they do behind the scenes, not just for them and not just for Dubstep, but also the street team. You know, we have 12 or 15 people. I that, see that's been growing. Yeah, I've been we have, you know, we have 15 people yep. that do that. And, you know, and they, they, they accommodate all to them. They give them opportunities to talk to artists directly to do coverage for them we've been able to get comps to festivals so they can cover media coverage stuff right. so they just do they give a lot you know and, and i think that's why i'm so close with both of them is because i'm very similar in the way that like you know my sort of love language is like is um you know actions and like gift giving stuff, and they do that tremendously you know and i always tell them people are always like oh like are you looking for someone i'm like why i've got two girls already like <laughs> You know, I feel I honestly I feel yeah. bad for like my future wife when they you know if she's not Approved. a hard ten yeah. like she's, she's gonna have a hard time trying to like you know keep on the runs because I mean Chris and Yessie they're just such strong willed, consistent, but kind. Right, people. that's the thing for me is they're real and they're kind. Yes, you I, know, like yeah. they could. I mean, I'm sure they probably could get super blown up in the head because they've got all this you know um, awareness and sort of glam and fame because of what they built with Dubs FBI. They get addressed by some of the biggest artists now. Like I think, you know, like Subtronics is always shouting out Dubs FBI and showing love and support and and like he's huge. Yeah. You know, Jess Jess's got a great brand, makes great music. He's an insane performer. He's right. well known, but like 
he's still just Jesse at the end of the day. He's, yeah. he's a guy like us. Just Same like, thing. He's a very real, yeah, kind person. Just like, just thing. like Chris, he is. Mm-hmm. Just like Jesse is. At the end of the day, they're still, they're still those, the same two girls. They just built something for themselves, and it's going to continue to grow and keep running. I told them, uh, I think they hit it like they just perfect timing of oh, when yeah. they started Dubstep oh, FBI. Yeah. The Dubstep scene has just taken off oh yeah in the especially here in the states like it's just gotten crazier and crazier yep then the rhythm's exploding that that brings a whole nother yep. wave like and it's just gotten really big it's almost gotten now i think almost oversaturated however that's <laughs> good for you guys because mm. you've got more opportunity more people to work with more things to cover yeah but i mean hit it like yeah perfectly I mean, there's there's tons of opportunity i mean i would say it's it's bass music and house are really the two that get pumped the most in the U.S. Yes, and have yep. the most opportunity, the highest payouts, the most production, the most um, what's the uh, the most um, show opportunities, festival opportunities. Yep. Like there's always there's always a base stage, there's always a house stage. Agreed. Yeah. Even um, I think Lost Lands had like a house house uh, they, stage. They had a good amount of base houses. Yeah, they had a bunch a of that. Lot. And then I think Forbidden Kingdom this year has a house uh, art card or something. You know, so there's they kind of they're kind of hand hand. I mean, of course, now these artists have the alias. You know, like Wooly has Stumpy, uh, yeah. Layla, Lay. She has Sabritas, which I only found out today. Apparently, Sabritas is like the Spanish way of of Lay's or like the the. I did not the know logo. that. Yeah, I look saw. Up, look up Lay's. Yeah, house well, yeah, on Layla's yeah, on Layla's story. She look posted, that up, yeah, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, it was like so, yeah, Sabritas is what it is. Yeah, she posted something at like the airport or whatever. And then she reposted on her Sabritas page. And I'm oh. like, oh, is that what it, it was literally on a tube of lace? I'm like, oh, is that what it is? Let's see. Yeah, see? The flavor potato chips. It's a lazy. Yeah, so that's why I was like, yeah. oh, I literally thought like her name was like, because it's like Layla's middle name is Sabrina <laughs> or something. So I was just like, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. But yeah, so that's, yeah, that's what it was. And so, you know, but that's the crossover. And it's, they're pretty interchangeable because I mean, relatively similar BPM, but it's, it's the entertainment factor, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Like space lace, space lace is the per. I mean, when I saw him at Lost Lands in twenty, twenty one, yeah, twenty twenty one. I'm not a big bass head guy. I'm more like drum and bass when it comes to that realm. Okay. But space lace to me was everything. I was like, what was that? That was amazing. And then sudden oh. death was right after. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to the drum yep. and bass stage. I gotta go. <laughs> I was like, this is really intense. Like I like, like I like metal, but like that's like, ooh, that's intense. It is. Great sets though, Danny. He's he's a monster performer. He's great. He he's somebody who I when I first saw him and everything no offense hopefully doesn't take anything to heart but i remember being like i just don't i don't get it it's it's a very it's but a it, very niche it's like it's it like has red. grown on me yeah so much nice so much yeah. I, I went to his festival the caverns i'd oh how I've was done that? all that oh dude that was amazing i he heard that a, they had um they had a spacing thing though with the cavern because it was like yes they had a little bit time. of an issue with that at first um, on the first day they got like, it sorted out by the second day okay, i mean cool. and, and all it's he did was festival. he yeah exactly everyone was super understanding of yeah that. He made up for it. Um, I think they they did some. They added like an act in, oh, nice. uh, and, and some longer times on the main stage that was outside. Yeah, so yeah, it all yeah. worked out. We got more sudden death at the end of the day, and they still had it open that night for the afters and everything. Yeah. So it wasn't you, like. What do you think of the the sudden death back to back marshmallow at EDC? So I I've actually posted videos about this. I think people <laughs> are, have no idea what's gonna happen. I think it's gonna be bananas. Oh, I I'm, I bet you it's gonna, it's gonna be one of those sets where everyone's gonna be like. What, what was that what was that it's kind of like yeah. a dead mouse in in cascade just like you're yeah. like what's what is this combo and then it just it's everything it just works i right. yeah i feel like it's just gonna be like i would love if if sudden death makes like a remix of colors 
that marshmallow song and just makes it just absolutely brutal and the, just the, murdering the album cover is just yeah, black and it's red just, it's just the marshmallow just no thing colors. ripped open with like his his uh like the, the mask out of it have you seen uh did you see him in nightmare go back to back at edc orlando two no, years I, ago no i did not i heard that one was same thing was like going i don't know how this is gonna work mm-hmm. beautifully went well to nice. like i mean if not the best set of the weekend in yeah, my opinion yeah. like i mean the sounds just one i think nightmare is severely underrated as an artist yeah i don't think he's he super the, talented super he's talented i've never been he's been amazing too for a long time i've not been to one nightmare set where i walked away like that wasn't fun that wasn't yeah. great like i mean not one yeah. not one and there have, there's been big name artists where even i've been like okay yeah i what, swear he just delivers every yep, time I agree. but his sound with sudden death was i mean one of the again you just don't think it would be good and mm-hmm. it was one of the better back-to-backs i've seen ever nice. swear like i was just good sounds good production all around and just it blew me away you were there with me what'd you think of it the uh, sudden death back-to-back it was it was good you it was you're out well that was my i think that was my first no, i think that was, was your first i think that was one my of your first, first festivals CDs, yeah uh, <laughs> first festival yeah. 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 you'll be so totally we, fine we, don't we worry i didn't know what to expect but i think <laughs> they worked they blended the music so well with each other so it wasn't mm-hmm. predictable it yeah, was, yeah it was kind mm-hmm. of like spontaneous a, something would drop and then they would go that's back a great way to, to put it it was very spontaneous uh, mm-hmm. it was very good way. but it was good yeah i liked it because Nightmare played after that too. Oh, did he? And he played. Well, he did. Was he did a surprise set at the Corona Beach stage? Oh yeah, we heard the, about it. That's and the like, best when they go in. Yeah, you got to just gun into it. And it was the same thing. Like, ju- I just saw him not literally twenty minutes ago, and uh-huh. I still walked away from that set going, "This was great." Yeah, and it was go. entirely different, mm-hmm. obviously, with no sudden death. Yeah. But but still, like, just yeah, surprise. So I think going back, I think that that marshmallow set with yeah. him is going to be intense. I It'll think people good. are going to be like I'm not going Whoa. I'm not going to EDC unfortunately this year, but I'm sure there's going to be more than enough content of it going about. Are you on EDC? Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm taking May I'm trying to take May off. I'm trying to work. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm work. tired. I'm tired, man. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. so many things. I went to yeah. seven lines last weekend and I was just like, Ugh. "Oh, how was it?" It was it was honestly it was amazing. Jason Ross was actually it for me. He dropped like I would say 40% of his set was hard style, so like I was in heaven. I was like, "Yes." That's your jam. I was like, "Let's go 150 BPM plus." And then everyone's like, I don't know what to do to this kind of music. Like, it doesn't matter. Just, just move. Is is that your jam because of the gym, or is um, it just like that? You like that before? Well, like you listen to it outside of the gym. Yeah, yeah. It, I would say hard style to me is right, really hard dance in general. So a lot of my music taste. So we can we can go have this conversation of like what what was sort of the first realm of electronic. Oh yeah, music. yeah, yeah. So for me, it was like the four on the floor, like Euro Euro dance stuff. So like bass hunter cascada italian brothers you know like every time we touch when that hurt like i heard that and i was like at yeah. the time playing like world of warcraft every i would listen that, that i would listen to that on repeat just raiding you know molten core 40 man i was like what well, i must have been 12 13 years old on limewire <laughs> you know it's the only track i downloaded and i just played it over and over you yeah, know with the little visual i thought about how hard that song really right goes. it goes, it goes so just... hard it goes, it's a it's a banger and so it was that and then it was like bass hunter with like um you know now you're gone and all these and then it was sort of from that realm i got into it was like headhunters and like frontliners and noise controllers so it was headhunters sort of, and forever yeah so it was sort of like the early hard style and it was just for whatever weird reason and you know people joke about that people with adhd love hard style because it's just so chaotic and i'm like it's so true i have horrendous adhd like i'm a skit people who know me i'm crazy i'm a nut job and that's why i love hard stuff. Looks at camera. yeah like i'm oh, crazy. crazy i'm nuts <laughs> clippy like, you know it's just like that's how it is um but in and then it sort of it just came from that and then of course like you know i was born in england originally and so drum and bass was around so it was like similar tempos sort of 
chaotic patterns and stuff. So it was just always enticing. Um, and then from there it was, you know, hearts always stuck around, but of course being in Denver for nine years, eight or nine years when I lived there for college, it's not really much hard stuff. It's mostly bass music. Um, and then the occasional like experimental different styles of music. Um, but there is, there was a hard style community there. And actually my artist Hartshorn, he has the 303 family. He used to throw events and I was going to them before we had ever even talked. I'd been going for a while and it was funny. His um, wife was like, she was telling me that she'd always see me because I was the big jack dude. Yeah. I wasn't as big as I was now, but like, you know, in Denver, like everyone's kind of like slim and stuff. And I yeah. was just like, I got a little bit of muscle, like, let's go. And yeah, and she's like, she's like, he always wanted to like say something to you because he wanted to work out too, but he never did. And then it was like, I went to one of his shows and, you know, he works, he works, he's the uh, general assistant manager at Temple in Denver and he works security there and, and he was, he put, played shows and whatnot. And then one time I just went up to him and I was like, I was like, I'm going to introduce myself. Like, I love happy hardcore. I mm -hmm. love the 170 stuff. You make great music. Like you're in a, you're a, an unreal producer. You know, he's toured in England and I think he's played in either Maglev or Ibiza. Like he's been around. And then it was just sort of one day was kind of like, you got a manager? And he's like, no. And I was like, you, you want, want a manager? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, want, you want one? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. I'm your manager. Well, we're your manager now. And that's, that's how that, you know, that's how Heartstone came about. Um, so for those who don't know, when you're managing an artist, uh, now I think, I don't know if it differs for, I actually personally don't even know if it differs for everybody, but when you guys specifically manage an artist, are you handling everything or is there someone else that's maybe doing like a tour managing part? But how, what exactly, walk us through that. Yeah. So because none of our artists have an agency, so whether it's UTA, Corsten, um, AB Touring, Prism, I think is one. Yeah, Prism, because Prodigy is the management. Um, we all we handle pretty much everything. So obviously the standard day-to-day, -day, checking mm -hmm. in, how's the music going? What content are you going to post this week? Things like that, the usual. We do, do you guys help them with content? Yes. You so we, uh, we'll, depending on who it is, yeah. we'll either like give a suggestion, like, hey, you should post um, a recap from your last show or post this picture in the flyer you're playing with the caption of da 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 tag the headliner or tag you know if you're the headliner like thank the promotion tag everyone else who's involved and then if it's like um, a post-show stuff we always say you know thank the crowd thank uh, or thank the fans thank the you know whether it's insomniac or whoever and then always always credit the photographer because yes. yes. people do not realize how underappreciated photographers are because I have a lot of good friends that are photographers, um, you know, and some of them are now on the big realms. Like one of our boys, Rob Flagg, who's from Tampa, he's like, he shoots for Griffin. I wanted to have him on the podcast. He I is, talked with him when he worked at the Ritz. Yeah. And then I just happened to stop doing it. I actually want to, I need to reach out I to can him. Get you, I can get you I contact. Rob, Rob Flagg's a great friend of ours. I he love that. I've had a few other photographers on. Yeah. I he, love having him His, on. his awesome. content now is unbelievable. This guy, like he's, he just, he just sees the shots. His post-production is amazing. You know, he shot a lot of our good friends. Like, he shot Reaper at EDC Mexico. He shot Griffin at Ultra this year. Unbelievable. Like, the shots are just... And it's like, it makes such an impact, you know, yeah. and you see it. And so for us, you know, we've got about three or four sort of just... That's that's all we pick. Because we just always deliver. There's no crazy turnaround. We pay them. Done. It's It's rudiment. And it just makes such a difference versus, you know, if you take pictures on your phone, like... Yeah, you can get a couple decent shots here and there, but like that, someone who understands and captures the essence in the moment, because it's not yeah. like our hearts are artists. We don't get the same photos as like say like our dubstep guys. 
No, or God. highly different. You know, it's it's to, or even like a techno artist or like a house artist, right? I agree. You know, like, it posts like the hard, like the hard, the hard style kids and probably the dubstep kids, like super like grungy and and brutal and just energy and power. But like the house people are like fun vibes, like yeah, lifestyle, movie, like Miami. I'm in, I'm backstage. I'm with my girls. Yeah. I'm with my whatever it is. You know, you know how it is like. You know, yeah. I got my white nails on. I'm in Miami. It's yeah. Miami Music Week, which if she got white nails, danger. <laughs> uh, but yeah and so it was um but that that you know that's that's one piece and so to to sort of continue on it's like there's we basically do a lot of the moving parts the, the thought process the main the main idea we have is you're you're a producer you make music we take care of everything else so you guys do you so because i'm so interested in content i love content mm -hmm. it's my like passion mm -hmm. so you guys give like a more of like uh, consulting about the content. You're not creating the content or anything. No. Would that something maybe down the road? But we could. So we've the That's ladies have made content <laughs> before, um, but it was more of like at the festival. So the most the most recent one would be Eleventh um, House, mm -hmm. um, a gentleman named Jordan who he threw a show called oh, it was a it was a Grocery Boys show. A lot of artists. Love oh yeah, the Grocery Boy Bash yeah, in Arizona. You. Yes. So mm -hmm. so the ladies went out for coverage there. And they were doing like some like on the ground sort of content stuff. They were interviewing people, just making silly little reels and things like that. Pull up, uh, pull up their page on Instagram. Yeah, was, FBI. I'm trying, to see, I'm trying to see this what's on there if there is. They're so scheduled out with yeah, stuff. Yeah, put Instagram just so. It pops yeah, up. they might they might be uh, still editing some stuff because uh, the ladies do everything in house. Let's see. Um, scroll down a bit. Regardless, we've seen your guys' content now. Yeah, so we can. Um... So keep it going. A little bit more down. Let's see. Um, yeah, so all the Skrillex it's stuff, Sudden Death, yeah. Death Pact. Yeah, they got a ton of stuff. But Yo, the last two weeks of of EDM have been crazy. insane. It's been, it's been it, anarchy. It just, it just seems like these last two weeks have just been ridiculously yeah, insane. Yeah, it's a sweet tooth. And it's not three weeks actually. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it might be. It might be way down there. You might be scrolling for a while. That's all right. It's all good. We can see some of their content there. But yeah, you know, sort of like, but I mean, you can sort of see. So talking about your content stuff, right? Like, you just see the frequency of stuff, right? There's all these different pieces, but this isn't that long of a time span. This is maybe. Yeah, there's, like there's death, maybe I two, three weeks. So they. Click on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that so <laughs> yeah, much. That's all. Like when I see dust up artists nowadays, I'm just like, who is literally all of like, them? Oh like, my like, god! How do you not know it's like such and such? Slytherine. You're like, yeah. How do you see you're an like, S out of that? Like, what? Not the S? Yeah. I, 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 it's so funny. It, you know why that's funny to me is I'm, I swear on my life, not three weeks ago, I said that to one of my boys here. I was like, mm -hmm. we looked at this rhythm poster that someone coming to TK, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know exactly <laughs> the poster. I know exactly like, the poster. I don't know who the, who the fuck these people are. <laughs> yeah, like, I have no idea. And besides, thank God they tag them because I can, like, yeah, right. But other like, than like, that, I'm, I'm, like, I'm sure they're all super talented. But you're like, I have, I, I have no idea what this means. Is this worth my time? And I was in the middle <laughs> band in high school, and that was the same thing, like carn effects and stuff. And like, like, that's Alexandria. Everyone was crazy, just like, <laughs> like a like a insanity tattoo you see yeah oh my you know God. it's just how it is yeah um and you know why it's because sudden death started that i'm sure for him oh oh yeah i mean he's you know his his he's the, he, you his, think he's the rhythm poster child you know it's okay i'm not i'm not that well versed in bass music in this you know outside oh, I, of the actually, majors like branding putting on the spot yeah but i would say we got him. He works for a dubstep. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jacob Battery reporting. <laughs> we got him. Yeah, no, I would. I mean, he's. I I was thinking. I thought it was more like subtronics is sort of the poster boy because he's 
he's so just. I think the biggest thing is his. his there are two different styles, true. It's very true. Yeah, true. I would say. I mean, and see that that shows you how little I understand of rhythm. Or if we want to start yeah. country, or we call it trench music. I'm oh, just yeah. kidding. It's not. I, I, I don't. I don't know. Well, I, don't, I saw that going around. I don't know what the too. story is. I just was like, I'm gonna. You want to piss off rhythm kids? Yeah. It's called trench. <laughs> Clip it. <laughs> um, you know, it's a. Um, but it, it's it's hard to say because it's there's so many variations of bass music yes. now. It's like like for me when I when I first got into bass music, it was like tear out bro step so like zomboy and like spag back in like 2014 right like when when zomboy released like a bitch and it was everyone's intro track and it was a bomb everyone played it that was the dubstep i was like yeah this is dubstep to me that's Mm -hmm. what that was just what i know now it's like you don't really get a lot of tear out like i would say you know you got you got like lays she's she's about as close to i would say my personal opinion which i'm probably gonna get shamed for this but is close to that like heavy impact sounds like back in the day. Yeah. And then you got guys, you know, like Vastiv who has this like chain dubstep. I don't know if you've ever listened to like one of his sets. Not his full set, but I've had a few of his yeah, songs. Yeah, he's like he's like it's it's off. yeah, it's like it's like chains like being smashed together in dubstep and it's so intense and just brutal. It's it's sick cuz it's very metal based too, but then you have people like um you know, I mean, damn, you, you know, and then you got Rez, which is, what is she, mid-tempo, down-tempo? What are they? I, See, then there's, I can never classify then that. There's that subgenre, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So you have yeah. this, like, wonky... Yeah, Ganja White Knight with the Wobbles. Yes, you know, and then and Space Lace now has this house incorporations, and then you yep. have, like, like Wooly, right? Adam's got this, obviously, the heavier dubstep, but then also this really melodic side. Oh, yeah. And he's and, he, and Adam's an amazing producer. And he's just, and he's, a, he's you know, he's a very kind guy. I've had several interactions with him. He's... He's a bit awkward and it's super entertaining. I love watching him on social media because he's just he's just the way he presents. He started to embrace it. Yeah, he's now. just kind of like, yeah. but it's but it's a great brand, you know, because he's he's just a kind, amazing producer. So you can't you, you can't not love him. Right. And then of course his girlfriend Rachel, she's so vibrant and bubbly and loving. She remembers everyone that yeah, ever like, hangs out. Yeah, they're the total yep, opposite. One it's way perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. They work they work so well together and they're both so nice and it's so it's like, it's like such a great combo on them. So. Um, so I want to tr- I want to switch back real quick okay. here. So we've talked a lot about you guys, your business success, and mm-hmm. how this is going, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to know just for the viewers and any advice you might have in this. What are some of your business failures? Because I know we, we, we <laughs> I, I mean, I've got some too. So like, there's that too. And I think I, and yep. one reason I want to touch on that is because you know, with your business failures, you learn something yep. from them. So it's not really a failure, yep. but it would be called that on paper. But yep. ideally, you're we're you're learning from it mm-hmm. so what's something in the past that you've done business-wise that now has i guess on paper is a failure but you've learned something yeah. from it so it was probably the first business that i tried to do um, with another partner at the time we wanted to do contracting for oil uh, site pumps okay so we were going to basically middleman broke it we would get a lease or sorry we get a pump and then lease it to, to a job site They'd use it, come back, you know, we'd mark it up 10, 15%, whatever, um, and then go from there. So we had had an introduction with someone who had pumps, and you and we basically told him, like, we want to be brokers. We'll go find you job sites. You give us the pumps, and we'll just, we'll rent them out for you. And here's our fee. And the guy was like, that's cool. And so, you know, we, we started trying to go out getting contracts. We had some interest and whatnot, and, and we were doing pretty well. We'd put a little bit of money into it, just like the LLC and some yeah. basic stuff right. a couple overhead whatnot and then of course the first contract comes through and the guy like went bankrupt at the pump oh, for... the pump guy just went bankrupt just disappeared ghosted us heard nothing 
And we had this 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 lease, and there was like a deposit to put on it. It was a lot of money, and I'm like, I'm not paying that. And he's like, Well, I'm not paying that. And then the company's like, Yeah, yeah, he's got you know 45 day turnaround to put this down so we can lock this in. The contract's executed, and we're like, Uh, you know, we're I'm 22 years old. He was 25. We were just like, What do we do? <laughs> like that's that's enough money to like make me go bankrupt yeah like several times over and we were like panicking i was like oh my god like what am i gonna do what are we gonna do blah 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 but of course because we were the brokerage the way the way we had it on the paper once we kind of like calmed down and stopped panicking it was well the guy went bankrupt so actually like it gets an old and void because he was actually because he's a liability with the insurance right it actually can't go through because there's no business anymore. yeah so but it, it sucked because we put in about a year and a half into it and it just flopped yeah you know made no money just put money in um you know but one the things i took away from it though was i learned how to start an llc or just a business entity yeah right um getting an ein um employee identification number need one of those to get a bank account which i'm sure you understand just went through that just got that you know we did we did some we wanted to trademark like a logo and stuff but yeah, we went, had a, we used a basic graphic designer, and I'm sure that I've been through that. I bet that was that is, fun. Oh my god! Yeah, it's a nightmare about it's, paperwork. Yeah, and so that, and then it was also like realizing to start something for yourself, it doesn't just magically happen. Like, no. it's a lot of effort. It's yeah. a lot of you don't get any recognition probably for the first, you know, year. If not longer. If you're if you're super talented and you're just you, you've got the sauce, yeah. you've got the product, you got you know, because a successful business anything solves people's problems right so you look at like millennial momentum initially it was we want to fill in the gap for smaller businesses that don't maybe not get an opportunity for these bigger firms to take the time to look at them so we'll be the ones that take the time because mm-hmm. we're a little firm and then um you know now it's it's we want to help artists grow who are super talented but just don't have the understanding and sort of the game knowledge of social media and, and the persona game and relevancy stuff we want to take them to that realm because we want people to hear their music. And so, you know, it's 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 always that sort of go and, and if you you know, if you're wanting to start a business, a brand, whatever it is, yeah. the biggest thing is 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 and here's you know, sort of tied to you, why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Why do you want this to work? Why do you want this to you know, why will this help people? Why will this solve people's problems? Because that once you once you solve that versus I just want to make a ton of money, that mo- the money always comes. Right. The money always comes. Right. You just gotta, but you need to have a reason of a why. I think that's that's you hit on that very key because I think everyone starts maybe their first business mm-hmm. and that's why it flops. Yeah, is because like you have the idea of like I want to make money yeah. and you're like we're gonna I'll, make money. I want to be my own boss. Yeah, which yeah. is which those is are great. great. Those are great those core are great. values and they're good building blocks. Yes, right. But so that's those, not that's because not, not everyone has those pillars to start mm-hmm. on. You need those pillars to start on. I, I have a similar thing where we, I had two buddies, one of them that has this here. Oh, yeah. And we had a idea where, same thing, we were, in, we were in college, though. So we were 18 and 19. Damn. And we started this. Early. <laughs> and we were, like, all, so we're working through college, going to college, mm-hmm. and we had started this, like, company idea. No wonder you didn't do well at college. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you were too busy, man. I didn't want to go, so I tried to get out, man. You're like, I'm trying to work. <laughs> trying to get out. But I remember, yeah, same thing, like, the just the way it was, like, we were trying different things, and. 
and then we pivot and try something yeah. different and then just you're like eventually gets to the point where you're like this isn't going yeah. <laughs> guys we gotta just stop we gotta, we're crap, you're just burning yourself. But we've learned a lot and same thing but i look back at that and i'm like that was the original like because i was in charge of like our social media and our content yeah, yeah, and blah yeah. blah that's how I got into it. That's yeah. like legit how I got so into it. So that was your sort of first exposure. You're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I love doing it. Yeah. yeah, I still love doing that stuff. Uh, and and just the, it, it's obviously the scenes evolved so much, and there's so many different things. TikTok wasn't even around when we were doing it. So no, the, I there think... was video wasn't even a mat. It didn't matter. We just do, did just do pictures back yeah. then. Yeah, that's right. Because because it was Instagram was most. That's what we were. That's all we were doing. I was to say because I don't even. When did videos even come become an option on Instagram? I remember it was a big deal. I remember everyone. Yeah, when when did yeah, when did videos on Instagram become a thing? Because I remember. Do you remember when Instagram first started? How many filters people would slap on photos? Yeah, you would you would put a filter, export yeah. it, and then filter it again. Yeah. Two thousand and nine? No, two thousand nine was when Instagram. Could click on that link though. It might. Oh right. no, no. Where people ask, when did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's see what that. It was. came two thousand and no, no. No way, it was two. No, not twenty five. I was like, what? Two thousand ten. So a year after they launched it. Huh. Interesting. Maybe it just wasn't that popular yet. Actually, I don't think it was. You know what it was too, though. I bet you the Instagram at the time didn't have the compat the the capacity to host professional cameras the way YouTube did. Because YouTube was twenty ten and eleven thirteen yeah. was when it started taking off. People had you know, uh, Sony's and 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 um all those super nice cameras and i don't think instagram was able to handle that plus the iphone then wasn't until about 2014 15 when the iphone 5 came out that was a pretty good camera yeah i remember that was my first ever iPhone. i didn't have a smartphone until i was a junior in college oh my god i got my first smartphone and it was an iphone 5 a gold one when i was 20 years old yeah i had a 5c now that you now that you mentioned it Uh, that was my first plastic one they used to have ew yeah, you know what I mean? That seems so flimsy. It's just bra- I just, it I would, my, me gripping it just smash it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, just, they're not terrible. But that, they were so much cheaper though, right? Because they were like... They were so much cheaper. They were, like they were, the, so they were like for like the sleek... It was like for like the, the low... Poor man. Yeah, man's the low... Man's <laughs> man's <laughs> well, they didn't say poor. They were like the low impact yeah. young young professional. Yeah, 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 yeah. AKA, I'm yeah, broke. And they give it like this light blue, light Yeah, yeah, they color. have the, like That's really vibrant. You're like, God, so vibrant. I broke one. I'm not even kidding you. I broke one. I'm... I used to. That was a swimmer. I was stretching for swim practice like this. You know, you lay out, yeah, and yeah, pull yeah, your leg it. and stretch. Yeah. And it fell out of my pocket and cracked and didn't turn back on. <laughs> You're like, wow. Like at swim practice, this is embarrassing. Didn't even go in the water. Did nothing. Fell. Just fell on the ground. And I remember my my and it was literally my mom and dad were like, "You just broke this phone. We just got a new you're like, one." You're like, I'm like, I it God, fell out of my pocket. They're like, God "No way, it, it fell Jacob. out of your pocket." <laughs> like, like I swear. Well, the first one. <laughs> I might as well tell it we're here. Ah, the first might one, as well launch it. First one, I had it on my lap, and we're in a car, and I got out of the car. Ah, uh, just no one heard it drop. Never heard it drop. So it's in the street. Oh no! Came back up two hours later. Ran over. Just oh no! <laughs> That's so. Oh man! Like you'd rather just have it stolen. Yeah, so at this point, you'd be like, "Well, maybe I get trapped." Yeah, you want to talk about it? You're like, oh, you let your did you? When it falls face down, you just go. And you turn over. You're like, oh. My phone's green right now. I cracked it like two days ago. I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm. I'm holding out right now. I got a ten. It's horrible. I mean, you know, with with all the stuff for all the podcasts and and the content you do, man, it's like. You have to you have to ration and pick, you know, and that's that's another thing, you know, sort of talking about starting a business and stuff. You have to invest in yourself. And actually, another one too is if you want to be an artist, you know, you have you're going to invest. You're going to put money in. 
You're not, you're not, yeah. unless you're already established. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Unless you're already established, right? You start a new project, you're not going to make much money. No. Nope. You know, unless you have someone who's already established and they can kind of get you a loop in, or if you're just like a God tier producer, right? You just, you just make a banger. Like uh, the prime example, one, and the reason why I know, so, like, know all the stuff about him, Zomboy. When Zomboy dropped his first album, he had his first show a week later. He had to learn how to use CDJs in like a week. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and he was huge and he was a sensation in the UK, but you know going back into that starting anything like you have a lot there's a lot of stuff to make happen and you just have to do it one piece at a time yeah. but the why is you know if you're a producer and it's i just want to make great music that people can hear my expression and my characters great it's it's the self investment is something i've had to learn over time mm -hmm. um it, it it's come to me literally i would say starting in like last november cool like it's like so I've been doing this for almost three years now cool. with a break in between. So I guess whatever, however you want to classify Whatever the timing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. But I, let's say from when I initially started it without the break, three years. Mm -hmm. And I, for the longest time, that's something I hope, you know, viewers and listeners can get from this is like you, you not that you can't do it all on your own, but you do need to have you need a, team. a team around you that can also help you. And that's kind of where I'm at now is I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I can't. Last year, what was holding me back from growing was uh -huh. being but trying to do everything on my own yeah i just can't being pulled here being pulled yep. here you can't do it on your own no. so now it's like i gotta start, you know one was i gotta start the bit like i started the LLC. yep and i gotta be able to start paying some p friends or people that are yeah, work whoever. to start working with me Absolutely. to start this growing because i just can't i'm stagnant i'm just yep. not doing anything i mean i've seen more growth in the last three months yeah. than the last year and a half because of just and that's compartmentalizing and that's how it goes sometimes i mean yeah. you know look at um if you're looking at basing look at like ray volpe right with laser beams yeah ray volpe's been a producer for years yeah he's been around he's made bangers before but he was just there was just always someone else that kind of had the track before him right. and then of course laser beams came out and now he's on everything yeah everyone knows him it, every every genre of music's remixing his track that's when you know you made it. it's like it's like you know at craze charlie with do it to it, do it, to it. When every, <laughs> when, everywhere when you have people in hard style and heart like techno Dubstep, and drum and bass yeah. and they're all doing it and they're like asking you aggressively for the stems that's when you know you've got a banger. Yeah, and that that's a test to it right there of just sticking to your guns mm -hmm. and being determined because yeah. it really does only take just it's, one. It, that's it. It's, that's it. You one clip. One. And that's go back to Ray Volpe. Yeah. The Thunderdome 2021 yep. when it was played with all the lasers. Yep. Was the cataclysm. Yeah, everyone everyone was like, what's the ID? What's the you ID? You can even go to um you can even go to Subtronics yeah. and say the same thing about um uh oh my gosh, John Blake. It's, it's it's like the he TikTok song went crazy. Yeah, he always opens with it. It's it's a bang. I don't. I can't remember the name. Holy of it. crap! Why are we? I'm like, oh, I feel, feel bad. So insulted. <laughs> You're the bass head, not me. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> I'm like, that's it's on horrible. You. But yeah, it's no, him and Grizz. Yes, um, but it's and yeah. it's but I know exactly. Like it, it's the one. I can remember that song. Another level. No. Help me out here, Mr. Google. What are you doing? <laughs> 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 He's just letting me think. What, what song? What song made you just let me fall right now? Subtronics TikTok song. It'll come up. Guarantee it. I hate to say that. That's how I'm gonna look this up. Is ridiculous. Too. I mean, honestly, TikTok is the realm to get. Gristronics. Gristronics. Yeah, yeah. Dumb of me. Yeah. I said it was with Grizz too. Yeah. But that yeah. song is same thing. Like that blew up. Not that he didn't have good music before. He already was. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> I love how there's like bootlegs and stuff. People have done it. <laughs> to be fair, that he already was starting to blow up because I yeah. remember seeing him at Lost Lands when he was playing at 4:30 on main stage mm -hmm. in 2018. Yeah. It's not. In 2019. It's, it's crazy to see those guys. Oh, you know? we can get into a whole topic about that, but but it's back investing. to the yes, it's investing. back it's, to the it's, point. It's making it 
you know, you're an investment, right? Yes. You're yes. an in- investment on your own. Yes. I'm an investment to myself. The girls are investments themselves. Like I'm, you know, they they invest into me. I invest into them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a collective piece. And I I agree a hundred percent about the you can't do it all on your own because I tried for so long to do it on my yes. own because I was so <laughs> kind of ignorant, kind of egotistical, but really just just not aware of I can do this. I'm the best. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Which is some parts depending what it is. Yeah, like if it comes to finance, but I am the best one at it. Yeah. But when it comes to marketing. Hell no, that's Chrissy. Or when it comes to sales, or just like customer facing fronts, that's Yessie. Yeah. You know, we all have our strengths, and so we lean on each other. And, and once we came together, it was just like, yeah, we still will have times where we are stressed and we have a lot of stuff, but like, we always are able to lean on one another. And I think that's why for us, like, everything has just exploded with Dubs FBI and Millennial Momentum and just like the, the awareness that they've grown and we've grown. It's that is something I love about you guys is the, mm-hmm. the teamwork. The oh, team, yeah. the team camaraderie, it's the great. team building, just to, just to see that is exciting. Cause you know, now, like I said, I'm kind of going through those steps of like trying to figure it out and build a team, yeah. but like seeing you guys being able to do that and how you all work and like you're, you're talking mm-hmm. about right now, like they've mm-hmm. got this strength, they've got this strength, I've got this strength, we come together, yep. boom. And it's just so key to, to, to have that. And it's, it's great to see yeah. a business be just successful. It is. Now it's two businesses. Sorry. Yeah. You but, know, yeah. And it's, and it's, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably start more or whatever. I mean, they just. They're just so diligent. They're really passionate. You know, you can if you if you talk to either one of them, you can see how much yes. they put into it with WWE. And obviously, you know, interviewing them, and even now, if you were to interview them again, it'd be a totally different conversation. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, like with, with, with Chris, yeah. So and, it's like you know, it's it's it just shows the growth, development, investing, care. You know, and it's still, but it's still, it's still the end goal at the end of the day. They just want to bring coverage to the underground for the underground that everyone is always encompassed because you see enough of the main stage stuff because it's 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 commercialized you know the the edm industry is a several billion dollar industry i mean look at the production you look at the shows that happen i mean look at ultra you look at edc you look at like um all the Vern kip techno events all the q dance events the hearts on ones and and whatnot they're massive yeah you know and it's it's crazy and even there are even some like in like countries you wouldn't even expect like almost like third world or like developing countries they still have major banger festivals. They still got LED panels in production. They're shooting fireworks right. off. Some of them don't have even have, even have regulations. So they're like, cool, flamethrowers. You're like, ah, that's not legal over the crowd, but whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah, we'll just, it's all right. Someone gets burnt on them. You know? Yeah. It, so. it, it, like, you know, it's funny is the underground part part is, I think what's exciting because it is still so, in the music world, let's just say it's mm-hmm. such a small niche compared to everything else that Absolutely. gets the highlight and gets the mm-hmm. big screens and yeah. the coverage and yada yada. And that's what I think is most exciting is for people like us that mm-hmm. are brand new to this as the scene is growing and just taking storm. It's exciting because yeah. we we have these opportunities that yep. we're otherwise maybe not there or we're there, but maybe could very small and you can make a living, you can have fun. But yeah. like now it's like you could really like create a big business mm-hmm. with this industry as it and continues to grow that's the yes. thing you know there's yeah. always i mean you look at podcasts right we have a podcast you got a podcast there's several other podcasts yeah. or some artists do podcasts on site some mm-hmm. you know uh do do like a video series like uh, you look at like at aliens right they're festival videos that they do where they don't talk they, they don't, don't even talk, talk at all i love it you know they let everyone else talk and it's like that's a brand identity yeah, it's, it's genius. And all their social media, they don't show any of their faces. Even one of the like the one that got married, like his wedding photos, it's the alien mask. 
Like, and his wife did it too. I'm like, that's commitment. Commitment to the brand. Would you, if you were to, well, you do DJ now. Which we, mm. If you were to DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I played, you, I, I played, you, I played one show. You, no, I wouldn't do a mask. No? The mask is for me, why well, I just have too much hair. I just get, and I sweat as is. Like, you know, so, um, it would, the mask, like, honestly, like, um, one of my good friends, Reaper. You're a headband. You're selling yeah. headbands. Oh, I, oh, I'm at, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, my merchandise, oh, I'm yeah. absolutely wearing headbands to chef. I look, I look like a hibachi chef. So, like, that's going to be the go, man. I look like working at Benihana's. I'm the dude doing all the cool tricks. That's what I look like. Yeah, I'm looking at myself. I just look like the guy from Benihana's. Teriyaki hard style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the little train, the onion train with the whistle. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, uh, you know, like, like my, my good friend Reaper, you know, he's, he's six... I think he's six 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 seven. He's a giant. He's a big guy, and he wears, you know, his his. It's the, yeah. the brand identity is who's Reaper. Yes. You know, the mask, the the Y three beanie, and then the long sleeves. Oh my god! Like, and he's gonna he's gonna he wears that to all the summer shows. I'm like, dude, you must hydrate. That like, that's tomorrow. That's commitment to the brand because I would I would cook in that and like he and he gets into his sets. You know, he delivers. Same with like Death Pact and and, yeah. and the others. Like they all have those long coverage yeah. or even like Mala. You know, with his and he's got that that knitted Face Louis Va- Louis Vuitton yeah. mask. That thing's thick. Like, oh, just the thought of wearing that in like a like Forbidden Kingdom or so. Oh, brutal. Yeah, I think. I, yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Now, right? now you think about it, you're like, damn. No, like, I mean, I've always been like, cause I, I the not to go back, but to, the to AT aliens or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, AT AT aliens, aliens, yeah. Know, oh my god, for a second I almost went, I almost reversed it. Yeah. But they always wear the hoodies, and I've always thought that like we'd be at Texas and it'd be ninety degrees out and they're, they're up there, doing, like, they're, they're up yeah, there, and I'm like, Atlanta, dude. oh no, it's, committed, it's commitment to the brand. Yeah, you know? I respect. I mean, so totally respect that's it, that's just it. how they do it, you know. And it's it's just it's just a part of it. I mean, we we don't have anyone that does a mask. I've got a buddy, um, he goes by Enigma, who's a techno artist in Orlando. He has a mask and he has several different ones and he's he's changed them up. Um, but yeah, he's he's told me he's like there are some events. He's like, man, I'm dying in that thing because it's so hot. Or like if it's too dark in the room, he's like, I can't see the damn CDJs. I'm like, oh I had to get like God. a little light to like put it on. So you know, it's just one of those like, just how it is. But you know, at the end of the day, it's sort of um, with everything. You know, AT aliens, Subtronics, Res, Nightmare, Sudden Death, all those artists, our artists, anyone you know. At the end of the day, they're just doing it because they want to express themselves creatively. Yeah. Music is an outlet. Oh, yeah. It gives them an audience to reach, and they get to showcase what they want to do. And it's their brands, and it's yeah. their it's their business. You know, at the end of the day, it's still a business. Still make it still makes them money. So you know, they've got those key things that need to be taken care of in the back, which usually their management team may help them, or their agency, right. or you know, someone you know maybe just their friends who are knowledgeable about it. But at the end of the day, it's all still an encompass team thing that is you know. A business yeah i had a discussion with this with a buddy the other day i'm curious what your thoughts are mm-hmm. when the general thing people do is they if they get big they blow up right they go on tour they kind of hammer that out while yep. they ride that wave yep totally makes sense yep. never would bash that mm-hmm. he was saying though you almost made it seem like they have to do it which they, and i was on the side have of like to do like they have to well have to do the tour or have to yes, ride the wave like they oh. have to well Get same and same, really, yeah, sure. you know. And I was saying, well, yeah, and I get why they would do it. I'm never, I'm like, I'm not bashing anyone to do yeah. it. I think I would probably do the same thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ham- hard and hammer as many shows as possible because yeah. I'm riding that out. I get a new album out, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, if you, if, you, if an artist wanted to take his tour and you know, I'm gonna only play Friday and I'm gonna travel, I'm gonna see the area or whatever, mm-hmm. they could do that. 
I'm just curious. What do you think of what? What do you think of that? So idea? I think a lot of it would be, um, depending on right. So if if they're the headliner or if they're the support artist. So if they're the support artist, if they're not on every tour stop, you know, they might have some flexibility. Like you said, to I'll hit the city and then I'm gonna not. You know, like let's say the route is, D.C., Chicago, Boston. Yeah. Right. They'll be like, oh, I'm only gonna play the D.C. show, so you know, I got time to either see the East Coast or whatever. But if they're the headliner, a lot of that. You know, when you're when you're scheduling that many shows, it's usually the agency who's doing it, and they're they're um, you know, it, it's it's a it's kind of a run that they probably already ran with another artist. Usually, if it's a similar similar genre, mm-hmm. and it, they just know that they can stack that city on that date the best, right? So they yeah. they've like they've seen okay every March, you know, Pittsburgh's always a great start point for the for. A tour, so we start there, or like Cali in you know Cali in July is great because (laughs) people are traveling in in July, so international fans might be there, or like out of state, things like that. And so, I think it's a lot of rudiment, a lot of you know once you get into that realm of being big enough to get tour scheduling by an agency, you're you definitely become a lot more locked in where you really are a full time producer and DJ, and you know you don't need to do the secondary job. Some some Mm -hmm. do. You know, some people did work full time, um, even during tour or whatnot. But some also, you know, once that tour came, they just said, you know what, all dice are on the table, let's go. And if you know, in the during the tour moment, it'll be good because the payments are coming. But the next thing is, okay, so how do you sustain that, right? How do you not just become a one hit wonder, where you're like, do you remember Botnik? No, no. Exactly. So Botnik, <laughs> Botnik, Botnik. I can't remember the name of the track, but Botnik had a banger came, that came out in 2014. Everyone played it. Carnage, Tiesto, The Chainsmokers. Everyone, yeah. Um, let's see. What's the name of that track? Uh, I can't. Yeah, I don't remember it. But he was. He had. It was a crazy song. And then he just like stopped. He just stopped. Yeah. He was like. He was like hot for like a a, a year, a season, and then just disappeared. He did the Fetty Wap move. Yeah. Just just got his dollars maybe, and then just disappeared, and that was it. Yeah. You, I don't even think you can find his stuff anymore. Yeah. That's not even him. Yeah. Like you can't find anything on. On social on social media anymore. That's crazy. You know. So, but it's 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 a it's a to actually to tag to tag back into sort of your talk about the super saturation in the market because of bass music having so many producers. Yeah. Right. You kind of have some of those that are kind of grandfathered in. You look at those like Excision. Um. Uh. Well, Wooly's not even that long of a producer versus some of the others, but like you have like Excision, Zomboy, um and the likes, and then even if you go outside the room, like Tiesto mm-hmm. and Armin Van Buren, those guys have been in the room for so long. Like they're kind, of, they're always gonna have like a placement because they're just, they just, they're known. They're the yes. dons of their genre, whatever it is. But then today's day and age, you may have someone who's super talented, you know, that hammers. But if they, if they can't keep producing and make relevant content on the regular, so consistent, they're just gonna get phased out because there's ten other kids from Tampa on the side alone, the... Tampa yeah. alone, in Orlando. Not even including the rest of the U.S. And then you start pulling Cali and everywhere. There's so much talent. Yeah, they, right. It's funny as uh, I was actually talking to Chrissy about this. Yeah. Social media has really become like a, 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 a pillar. It's a double edged sword. Of yes, well, and I mean like a pillar of up and coming artists. Oh, because, it's a requirement. that and TikTok. Yes, because because that you your ability to have an audience can also translate to fans coming and mm-hmm. yada yada and. It's just very interesting, and, and that's where like I see a need in that is like as a producer, I wouldn't want to <laughs> I wouldn't want to be focusing on social media. Yes, I would do it because I understand it, but yep. like 
like what you guys are doing with and the consulting that's a lot and helping of a limiting is... factor for some artists is that yeah. they don't want to do the social media because they're not those they're, they're introverted people yeah you know their music gives them a comfort because it's like i can take all these things that i think in my head put it out and put it into something yeah. that can be heard right so you get a lot of those people who struggle and then you get some of those who social media is actually their main thing their mu- their music may just be yeah. pretty average yeah. but their, their brand is good their entertainment is so entertaining people want to show up you know that's that's the biggest thing and and we have a mix of both of those in terms of our artists some of them are a little more reserved and some of them are very outgoing and versatile so it's you know we we pick and choose like you know case okay, so you guys need more FaceTime yeah. and whatnot versus you need more just your general con like you know show content or like entertaining you know your persona really shining in an entertaining topic whatever it may be you know just being something silly or whatever or a gimmick you know some some people just have a gimmick like you look at the that pickle DJ just a dude with a giant pickle thing and he's selling out stuff like he's clearly got to be like someone massively yeah if you look at like pickle DJ yeah yeah no seriously yeah pickle sounds there he is the very first one is that him. Yeah, look at look at this. That's it. That's the whole brand. It's a giant. It's a dude with a pickle on his head. Like it's gotta be. It's gotta be someone. You know, like oh my God, lady pickle. I don't know who the, the lady pickle is. Word. Yeah, you know, like it's. That's someone that <laughs> looks like on the crank set. I know, I right? Yeah, that. dude. It's just like. Oh my God. You know, it's a spoof. It like, it's kind of one of those I that get the pickle off. You know, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be someone that is already established. But get the pickle off. We're done. <laughs> No yeah, you know, like it's that. just like, it's something that, you know, you joke about it. You're like, this is so stupid, but it's getting booked. Yeah. People know who Pickle is. I mean, it works. It... You know, it's a big-ass thing. And I think, what was it, 2000 and, like, for the 15, 16 eras, when the sort of the start of the mass stuff happened, like, you have um, Barely Alive with the big boombox stuff, and you had Marshmallow with his helmet yeah. and some others. Who else is? Oh, like, Bear Grylls used to wear one. Yeah. Kind of, he, he, he like, yeah, he, like, like kind of alternates. Dead Mouse. You know, all those ones. Um, but I think they, they're kind of just like, you know, it's too hot now. Like, yeah. I'm kind of tired wearing this thing yeah. on my head. And it's probably hard to, you know, perform with that thing on. So. Yeah, yeah. too hot, like we said. Anybody want to do that in the no, middle of summer? No, not for no. me. I'm good. I'm good. I got one more question for you. Um, and it's one I ask every guest. Cool. So uh, how is it that you're living yourself every day? It's a great question. Super off. It can do, you know. I would say There's no way, no right or wrong answer. Yeah, no, no. You're the way that I live myself every day. It's kind of a variation of like living every day is your last, but not because that's to me that's not entirely realistic because of just how scattered I am. But it's I live it as if if I'm always leaving the lasting impression, you know. So for me, I grew up in a household that was very supportive caring motivating you know my dad never let me say i can't do this he would never tell me no when it comes to my thoughts and my dreams and stuff i wanted to do so in my head i've always thought if there's always a way to do it like it's not impossible yeah and so for me being able to feed that environment that i had growing up to the outside world friends families family in the philippines family in england being able to just be that positive person that is always supportive, you know. I, I gas up all my friends. I gas up random strangers because I want to be surrounded by people that are successful and I want to be surrounded by people that are good people. Yeah. So if I can be a good person and, and push that out to the world, hopefully, in turn, that will then influence others to want to be like that. 
because some people may not have that environment when they grew up you know they didn't they may have not had huge support and if they didn't have that well i'll provide that i want to provide that you know and you know when i have kids i want to do the same to them because i want i wanted to instill in them good habits about just being generally good you know not letting situations influence you you know your environment will always influence you but situations right like money you know, mm-hmm. you get a lot of money, don't become, sne- you know, gre- greedy and sneedy and kind of just, uh, yeah. or like you get influential, you start forgetting about people that were your friends from day zero, right? right. You know, like one, one thing I was told by a gentleman I met, um, who he was super wealthy, like almost a billionaire, super nice car. I met him and I was just like, I was like, what's one thing that you always kept to say that got you to success? I was like, you take care of the ones that are around you who take care of you, you know? And I always say, the one thing I always say, and the girls know this, is good people do good things for other good people. Yeah. And so that's why I'm always down to just help because it's, it's what good people do, in my opinion, which is just an opinion. It's not right. It's not wrong. My opinion isn't above anyone's. It's not below anyone's. We're all equal playing field. Mm-hmm. So that's how I look at it. No, I think that's that's very wise words. I mean, uh, with your friend group, it's like so it's night and day if you come around a friend group where you have people that are like all about themselves and mm-hmm. take 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 and then you get these friend groups where they're like oh i got that don't worry and then you're like oh, I got yeah, yeah right right and there's then no you... favors and we're not keeping tallies it's yes. just i'm just doing this because i want to yeah it makes me feel good and i hope it makes you feel good yeah you know that's how it is yeah it just and that just breeds better it just continues exactly. to grow it yeah. prospers more you know and it just it's it's a it's the environment right yeah. it just makes it feel and it's the same with the, like that's why we do the music stuff you know it's yeah. just fun you know, it's great. I get, I get, you know, now to me, it's even more valuable the time I get with the girls because it's just so much fun. We finally get to bask in all the work that we do separate, you know, obviously Chris and yes are still together. So they get a lot of time. But like, for me, that's like, those are like core memories to me every time mm-hmm. I like, we do stuff and there's always something we get into and it's always entertaining. Sometimes it's drama, like dramatic stuff, but it, like at the end you look at it, it's like, that was hilarious. But at the time it's really sucked, but like we made it happen. Learning experiences, yeah. things we take away from it. So end of it all, that's the best part about it. I love that. I love that positive attitude that you have. Uh, that's the perfect way to end the podcast with that. Perfect, Joe, I had a blast having you Jacob, on, man. It's been honor. so much fun. Anytime. I'm dude, always available. I've especially that you're in Tampa. I know. Now, oh my, we didn't even talk about that stuff. Because we, we didn't hit one thing on this list over here. Did we not? I don't, we didn't need to. We didn't need to. <laughs> perfect. Which is how every podcast should go. But hey, thank you so much for thank coming you for on. Us. I appreciate it. We'll do this again. Tell everyone with Dubstep FBI, where to follow you, all that stuff. Uh, now, you don't have to follow me, but, you know, the, uh, the handle, Dubs of FBI, you know it, you've seen it. Give it a follow. You know, Perfect. Comment Babs Life. Comment how <laughs> Jacob is taller than me on the, on the no, no, post, no, no, no. whatever it is, you know. <laughs> Do whatever. Um, and other than that, you know, shout out. Thank you, um, obviously, to both of you guys for having me and letting me ramble for an hour and some change. Dude, yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking time out of your day. <laughs> Absolutely. With that being said, bye, everybody. Peace.